The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome, Biscuit listeners, to another edition of Who Built Me? Our look at the names behind the people that you know. My name is Andy Go. I am the producer of the Biscuit CLT podcast, and today I'm talking with Ricky Singh. Ricky is an educational leader at Charlotte Lab Upper School and also a prolific and hardworking artist. Ricky, thanks so much for being on the show. Appreciate being here. Um, definitely excited to, to talk more. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, so I just wanted to, of course, talk a little bit more about uh, the people that you shouted out during your Who Built Me segment um, during Creative Morning Charlotte uh, a couple of weeks ago. And you shouted out your kids for your Who Built Me segment. Tell me, abo- tell me more about your kids. You've got more than one of them. I know that. Yeah, yeah. I got like a, a starting five almost. Um, so I have a, a nine and 10. I have um, an almost uh, 21 in a, a month. And then I have a 23. I might be off. He might be 24. It's kind of hard to keep track of the ages sometimes. Um, so definitely it's a, it's a span of ages. Um, you know, just like people, a span of, of personalities and interests and dislikes and all, all the good things that come into um, being a human. So, so and, and um, all of these are boys, too. These are all boys, right? Yeah. Or men, I should boys. say. All boys. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. What are their names? Um, Aramiah is the youngest. Then it's Josiah, um, Elijah, and uh, Raphael. Um, so three out of four of them live with me here in Charlotte. Um, the oldest kind of, um, does this thing down in Florida. Um, you, uh, went to FSU, uh, as a, as a swimmer and it's kind of like built up his, his life down there in Florida. Um, and so we're all like originally from New York, you know, moved to Charlotte, um, probably more than a decade ago. And, you know, so my, my youngest ones only, only really remember this city. Right. So I think they're the ones that they'll really grow up knowing Charlotte as like their home and maybe not birthplace, but in their own memory, it will be, you know? Yeah, definitely. Why would you, why would you say that your kids help build you? What about them help build you? And why would you pick them to highlight during your who built me speech? You know, I was thinking about that when I was like, you know, I think um, Tim had asked me the question and, um, you know, you try to think of like who you want to say, but if you're really like, if I was really trying to be real with myself, I'm only here because of them, you know, like it, it was through, um, having children, um, you know, with my wife and building that family that I'm able to be the, a different person than I am today and constantly shift and change and develop. Um, I also think it's a big feat when you have four boys of color um, living in a time like this and you are you know, tasked with the responsibility of getting them through what's happening around us and what has been happening around us. So this isn't new, but it's more amplified. Um, so it's a constant challenge, as I imagine any parent is, but it's something that you know I dive right into and it, it helps me become a better person because they're people, you know? Um, and I try to treat them 
like people <laughs> and not like children. That's, uh, you know, coming from a background where I, you know, I have a sister who's 11 years older than me. I couldn't help but notice, you know, a big age gap there between, between your children. You know, what's, oh, yeah. Yeah. what's, uh, what's one of the challenges, what's one of the biggest challenges of raising children that are almost in two different generations? I don't know if it's a challenge cause they all, they all somehow like seem the same age when they're around each other. <laughs> so it's very common to have my 20 year old argue with my nine year old about uh, who's better, you know, Kobe or LeBron or playing 2K. Like, I don't think I even think about the age gap. I don't think it ever comes to question. Well, maybe some it comes to question when like we're, we're having like life talks <laughs> and it's like the difference between talking to a fourth grader about like why it's important to make a to do list for the day versus talking to uh, my oldest about his ideas around getting engaged. Like that's where I think it starts to become different. But I mean, outside of that, man, they're, they're all the same in terms of like, they, they, they all love to be around one another. They do similar things. And it's like, you forget that they're all at different ages. Seems like you've had a, you know, a very loving mentor like relationship with, with your, with your sons, uh, one where you have, you're really trying to guide them and help look out for them. Has there been a moment where one of your sons or collectively they were able to teach you something that you didn't know about yourself or weren't expecting? Yeah, I think I learned. That's why I I think that's part of the who built me. I think I'm still learning things from them and from experiences. Um, you know, and, 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 to be, I mean, not to mention, like, without a doubt, my wife, right? Like, I think I'm still trying to learn what it's like to parent in a day like this, you know? Um, I think I'm trying to become, they've taught me to become more patient and resilient, um, you know, creative, um, open-minded, and, you know, being... Um, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think sometimes that can be tough, you know, as a parent, you want to make sure things are right. You want to own the process. <laughs> um, you know, there's a sense of, there's a sense of like ease of anxiety, knowing that, you know, the end goal, but I think like I'm slowly trying to become more comfortable being uncomfortable and, you know, just trusting them more in, some of their decisions, you know, and I think, um, again, that that's part of building my character, right. And building me up is hopefully that, that, you know, that starts to translate to my other, other relationships that have nothing to do with children. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, like most parents, you have this protective lens, right. Where you want to like protect them from everything and anything. Um, and I think they're teaching me that I have to start to like slow, pull back a little bit, right. That it is, it is the life experiences that will build them up into who they are. So they're teaching me about providing some of those opportunities, literally even this weekend, like every, every couple of days, I'm still working on it. Um, so I think it's been helpful. You've talked about being comfortable while being uncomfortable. You've talked about, having to be cognizant of the way the world in which we live sees young men of color. What do you think is something that is always top of mind for you as it relates to 
keeping your sons safe in, in, in this world that we live in? I don't, I don't know if it's safety, but I think it's, um, making sure that they know they have a voice. Like I, I think everyone, no matter, you know, well, culture, you know, race, ethnicity, you are, you're always thinking about general safety. Right. Um, but I think for me, it's like, I want to make sure that they know they have a voice and then, um, make sure they are comfortable with sharing that, you know, like my kids, you know, we walk together during many of the protests. Right. Um, so I think voices is important to me, making sure they know they have a voice and that it matters. Um, safety, to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's something I think about, but I don't know if it's top of mind because I would go insane right now. <laughs> so oh, uh, it's something that I'm well aware of. I see it. We all see it. Um, I, I think just trying to make sure they have a voice and they're, you know, thinking critically and then making decisions that they think would be best. You know, I think at the end of the day, they know that like, uh, you know, dad, mom, whoever might be is down for whatever, whenever, whatever. <laughs> so, um, I think voice is a big thing for me, knowing that they know that they can share that they should share and that, you know, whether, whether the world likes it or not, you know, their thoughts matter. You know, you, you know, speaking of showing them that they have a voice and they can have impact and they can do things in their community. You had a very busy summer, you know, during the height of the Black Lives Matter protests uh, happening here in Charlotte. And you really put your artwork to 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 work uh, in the Beatty's Ford neighborhood uh, in Beatty's Ford Road uh, corridor where where you live. And uh, you painted many, many murals. I, I, I don't have a specific number, but I know you painted several murals and worked uh, a lot with the uh, yeah. community outreach programs to help, you know, bring some beautification to that area, area, which, of course, had its own uh, ugly incidents uh, that this summer as well. What does it mean to you to demonstrate your work through art and advocacy for your sons, especially during this time when the Black Lives Matter uh, movement has so much inertia behind it. Yeah, um, I think it. I think it. I, I was hopeful that it would show them that like there's different ways to um, express your voice, right? And th th this was one way, right? Um, I think about the words of you know. Um, artist Damon Wesley or, you know, Alvin Jacobs, and they talk about, you know, being visual storytellers, you know, um, you know, there, there was always this conversation, you know, over the summer around like, well, you know, art, art isn't going to stop bullets, right. Um, ladies for the road, let alone another place. And I remember this quote that Wesley said, and, and I have it actually right on my wall because I wrote it down and, um, he said something like, and it was on a comment, I think, but it was so powerful. It was like, you know, he said something, somebody said something about bullets doesn't stop. Um, art doesn't stop bullets. And he said, well, go put on a suit and be Batman until then let the artist art or deal with the artist paint. Right. Um, and I think it's powerful in that sense. So I think I wanted my children to see and partake. So they, you know, had had a process in it as well, that um, there's a sense of community and unity that can come from this. Right. Um, you can build culture and like resilience together. And there's an impact on like, 
and powerful words and bright colors. Um, but I also, I think it was powerful for them to see um, the many leaders that have been on the historic West end that have been doing that work well before me, you know, um, historic West end partners, uh, Jatani Adams and um, you know, the work of Tiffany Fant, they've been able to, you know, really meet them as well and see like, what does it look like to really be a, a, a strong black woman living on the West end that, that, that bleeds baby forward. Right. Um, and, and it's been a great privilege for me also to kind of, ask in that a bit and, and learn from them as well. So um, it's been exciting. I think at the end, I think they, I wanted them to not have fear at all, right? Like we're going to be there and there's going to be people that don't, that, that don't like it, but we're going to be able to protect you um, just like other Charlotte youth. And you should be able to be a part of a process like this, like anything else. Right. You know, I think the same thing goes for a protest, right? Um, it's like, you know, anything can happen, but it's about the experience. And my hope is that as they get older, they look back at these like experiences and feel like it helped shape or mold them. They're taking away something from it beyond, you know, just, just a memory. Last question here, Ricky, and then I'll let you go. But what is something that you've learned from your sons or something that you've discovered about yourself from your sons that you would like to pass on? to the community of Charlotte, to everybody else here in the community, something that you've learned <clears throat> that you've learned from your sons that you think would benefit everybody here in the city of Charlotte. Mm, I actually just, I actually just said this last night to my wife. And I think it, I think, I, I think this is it. This is what I've learned so far. And this doesn't even, <coughs> this doesn't even go for children. You can't want something more for someone that doesn't want it for themselves. Like you can't, you can't do, you can't, you can't have their mo their want and motivation. Mm -hmm. Right. For something that you think it should be. Right. So I think that's, that's what I've learned too is um, because their interests may be different and that's okay. Or they might just be in a different yeah. place in their life and they just, they exactly. can't, exa they right. can't. Yeah. And if, you know, if it appeals to children, it appeals to adults, it appeals to whoever. You just can't want something more than the person wants it themselves, you know? And, and sometimes people need time to get there. And I am learning to be more patient around that. <laughs> um, and my story isn't their story, right? And um, not everyone is going to follow the same path. And that goes for children, it goes for adults, so. Um, I think, um, in addition to my kids, like I said, my wife has been a great shepherd of getting me or getting us both through, you know, difficult times, you know, both as educators and, you know, uh, homeschooling at the same time in the same house. Um, and then, you know, obviously being my partner in crime to do a lot of this community outreach and being at any and every mural ever. So, um, <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to her, but, um, yeah, that's what I would say is like, you can't want something more than somebody wants it. That's okay. You know, it's, it's a tough lesson to learn because, you know, a lot of the times people, we really want to help and we really want to do good and we really want to make a difference and we want those things for ourselves. But sometimes the ways in which we want to help 
aren't the ways that people are ready or need to receive the help. Um, and that's right. And you're so right, because we can lose sight of that so easily because we like you said, we want that thing for that person so badly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I want you to want this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. But if that person but, just, um, yeah, if, they do, if they're not in a place to receive it or if they uh, just, you know, they're, they're, they don't want that, then then there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. So. Um, right, right. And that's not, a, you know, again, that's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, accepting that and figuring out, okay, well, what's another way I can support? Right? Exactly. Exactly. All right, Ricky Singh, uh, how can our listeners follow you and find out more about what you're doing, either with your artwork or with Charlotte Lab? Um, so uh, I would say just follow me on Instagram. Um, it's um, M-R-R-I-C-K-Y-S-I-N-G-H. Um, and then for Charlotte Lab School, it's just at Charlotte Lab School. Um, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but we have a, a slew of um, virtual open houses coming up. Um, so I would say stay tuned to the Instagram page. Um, next year we'll be serving students, public school students in grades K to 10. Um, so super excited to see um, new Charlotte youth kind of join our family as well. Mr. Ricky Singh, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. Thanks to Ricky Singh for speaking with us. Big thanks as well to Foundation for the Carolinas for sponsoring our Who Built Me segment. And most importantly, thank you, the listener, for tuning into the Biscuit Podcast. That's all the time we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us, or better yet, just tell them yourself. Finally, get the scoop on Charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every week by subscribing to the Biscuit email newsletter. Do that now at BiscuitCLT.com. The Biscuit CLT podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, produced by Tim Miner, Matt Olin, and Andy Go of Gojo Studios. Music by Harvey Cummings.